Innovation Rockstars. Innovation Rockstars. In this episode, we welcome Dr. Sebastian Kaiser, head of machine learning at Ergo, one of the largest insurance groups in Europe. Hi, and welcome back to Innovation Rockstars. My name is Chris Müroth, and in this episode, I am excited to welcome Sebastian Kaiser at Ergo. Being the head of machine learning, Sebastian and his team develop business cases from a large amount of data in order to create more freedom for employees. Now, this clearly puts the focus on customer interaction. Uh, repetitive and simple tasks can be automated, and both customer loyalty and business growth are supported. So that sounds like an exciting spot to be in. Sebastian, thanks much for joining. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's kick things off with a 60 seconds introduction sprint, all about you, your career and your current role at Ergo. And I do have a stopwatch here. So for the next 60 seconds, the stage is all yours. Let's go. Hi, I'm Sebastian. I'm a data guy living with my family of four in Augsburg. I was fascinated by data my whole life. So it's really starting as a statistician. I have a diploma in statistics. I have a PhD in statistics. I worked on unsupervised learning on big data. Very nice topic in the new development of AI and ML. After my PhD, I did consulting, worked for the German Landesbanken as a joint venture where I developed rating models and brought them into production. Then I went to the data lab of Volkswagen, big brand, helping all the brands to with AI and machine learning. Then Munich Re caught me and I was five years in Munich Re and now since eight months, I'm head of machine learning at Ergo. That's a great track record. All right, thank you. So next up, I have three sentence starters for you and I would like you to complete those sentences. So number one goes like this. Uh, the difference between artificial intelligence and machine learning is well, there is not really a difference, right? So uh, there is AI and machine learning is a part of it. It's not everything. There's a lot of other stuff in AI, but there is no AI without machine learning, but there is machine learning without AI. That's a great answer. Got it. Number two, uh, the most common myth about machine learning I encounter is... Well, the people say... Well, I'm a little bit annoyed about the fact that machine learning is always said that it makes stuff uh, impersonal. So that when you do that, that the, the personal interaction is not there anymore and anything. What we try to do at Ergo is to keep away the employees from repetitive tasks and all this stuff so that the uh, people can really concentrate on the customers and make it even more personal. I know that was more than one sentence, but that's... No, what but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. All right. And I'm, I'm curious to hear um, your reply to number three. Uh, what I have always wanted to say publicly is... Well, I always stay with machine learning and AI here and say AI is really powerful and everything, but it has to be used right. At the moment, people always do magic with AI and do everything. But what they really should do is use AI as an enabler. 
right? To develop its full potential, it needs to be used right. And that's my opinion. We try to do that. Me, my team, the whole unit, and hopefully we do it. Great. Oh, so that's, that's great. So that's a no bullshit attitude. I like that. Um, and you know, Sebastian, fun fact, um, on your LinkedIn profile, I found that you know the language Klingon on the level, and I quote, elementary proficiency. Now, uh, if I understood it correctly, the Klingon language is the, a constructed language spoken by a fictional alien race, the Klingons, in the Star Trek universe. So, Sebastian, tell me, is this a skill that a few more of us should adopt? Well, I hope so, right? So, to say kapla, which means kind of a greetings in Klingon. I'm a Star Trek Next Generation fan, right? And the Klingons play a big role there. That's how I developed that. I had an alarm clock waking me up with a Klingon sentence every morning. And so I was interested in that language. And since we are doing natural language processing now, it's always interesting to follow up with a constructed language like, uh, like Klingon. There are also translation services, which in the internet translate English to Klingon. The fact is, it's not based on machine learning because there's not enough data. All right. So is there any tool available that actually can, you know, um, uh, in real time translate from Klingon to English? Does that yes. exist? Yes, it, it, it exists. Is. It is not perfect because it has no machine learning in it as the new uh, other translation services out there, but it is there. All right, cool. Maybe I should give it a shot. So um, let, let's talk about, you know, technology first and then go, you know, gradually go, go deeper into uh, machine learning and then also the insurance industry and then your um, mission and your work at Argo. So, um, you know, Sebastian, these days it is pretty easy to throw around a few buzzwords when you want to get some attention specifically, you know, on LinkedIn and social media and stuff. So let me try this. Yeah, drones, Hyperloop. Blockchain, quantum computing, nanomedicine, 3D bioprinting, artificial intelligence. And I could go on and on like this for quite some time, right? And artificial intelligence and machine learning are kind of joining the ranks. So there is a lot of noise around all those trending technologies. But my assumption would be that actually, you know, very few implemented them or deployed something successful with it. So why, why do you think this is the case? Well, first of all, there's a difference between these buzzwords, right? So things like quantum computing and also AI and machine learning are there for a long, long time. There's a theory developed for long, at least 100 years now or something. So we are now in the possibility to use it. Quantum computing aside, AI and machine learning is really adopted now. However, as I stated before, you need to do it right. It's not... You get a tool, right? But you need the right circumstances, right? So in order to have that, there are many excited ideas around AI and machine learning. But if you just do that with AI, it's not working. You need data, you need digitization around that software, hardware, everything. And it's changing now. More and more companies see how, how this is going. But first, they concentrated only on the AI side. Now they see that they also need to concentrate on processes and everything. We try to do that. Very nice team here in Ergo. Very nice constructed. We really try to focus as AI as an enabler, which fits into the landscape which we already have. 
Mm. And talking about that landscape, you know, um, one one thing is one thing with AI specifically is that you know, kind of everything is labeled as AI these days, right? So, uh, machine learning, AI, big data, AI, clustering, AI, role-based classification. Well, you have guessed it; it's AI. So, um, what well, you know, um, based on your opinion and your experience, what qualifies something to actually be an AI? Well, the definition has done before, right? It's not from me. So what I really like is uh, famous British scientist, Alan Turing, you, you might have heard of him. He has this very nice definition of AI, which tells you if a human interacts with something, which he does not know if it's a human or a computer, if you ask him later, and if it was a computer, that's what I would call an AI. I completely understand if a startup wants to label their stuff as AI and the European Union in her definition also lowers the level for an AI. So please let them call it AI. What in a corporate, what we try to do is really do AI. So when we are talking about AI, we really try to do it all this stuff that you heard about deep learning. Uh, and learning of the machines and everything. This is what we do on the machine learning and AI side. Okay, that's clear. Th thanks for for describing that. And um, now, okay, so on the, on on one hand we got AI, yeah? and then on the other hand we got you know all the sorts of discussions around corporate innovation at the same time. Um, and yeah, you, you, you can of course argue that oh yeah, AI is a great innovation, um, but Maybe not. So what is your take on the, I'd be interested to hear that. What is your take on the relationship nowadays between artificial intelligence on the one hand and innovation on the other? Well, AI is an enabler. It's a, it can be seen as a, a technology or so it's a, it's a software kind of thing, but it can be seen as an enabler. And for sure, since it is new, it's kind of enabler for innovation, but they are completely separated also. When we in insurance do innovation, that can be done completely without AI. We have a very nice new product on the dentist side, right? When you have dent problems, you can even make the insurance or sign the insurance after your first treatment. There's no AI involved or anything, right? On the other side, we use AI to just improve our standard processes. So in the back office of insurance to route emails to... Uh, the, the read from documents automatically, there is no innovation really involved in that. That was done before with standard technology and now it is done with AI. But the nice examples are the ones where AI is meeting innovation, right? Because then it's the full power and everything and you really can change something in the world out there. Uh, there what I really like in the insurance space on innovation side, for example, with AI is when you take picture of a claims on if you had a car accident and this is automatically processed to take away the stress from you and everything. So whenever innovation meets AI, there a lot of cool stuff is coming out if you bring it really into operationalization and not only draw it as a mock somewhere. Yeah, and just hang on the walls and say, well, we could do that if we would have that and so on. That, that's super interesting. And I guess we'll get to a couple of more use cases, um, in the latest, in the latest stage of that episode. But before we talk about, um, machine learning use cases at Ago and also the insurance industry as a whole, 
Uh, let's play a quick game. It's called either or. So, Sebastian, this is how it works. I will give you two options um, and you choose one and then spend one sentence each to briefly explain your choice. And I'm really curious to see what, what your answer will be to, the, to those questions. So, okay, number one, uh, do you see AI either as a friend or as a foe in the future? Well, AI is a friend, right? And I have to spend two sentences on that. Uh, so what you see is that AI, you already benefit from AI, right? On your mobile phone, everything, there are small applications which really help you uh, identifying stuff. If you take photos and everything, automatically find what's in the photo and everything. So at the moment, it helps you really. We cannot really tell what's happening in the future, right? And AI can be abused. But if we train the people right, if you educate the people right, if the people know what they are doing, I do not see any problem with, with AI in the future. Yeah, that's right. And in fact, you know, AI on a smartphone, for example, is already an AI in my pocket, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm using it all the time. I just don't know, but I'm, I'm using it, of course. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Number two. Um, I think you like both baseball and running, if I'm not mistaken. So if you had to choose one sport for the rest of your life, what would you choose and why? Baseball, for sure. I mean, running is a, it's part of baseball, right? So that, that, that's uh, easy to uh, say. And uh -huh. baseball includes a social element, right? Because other people play with you. And on top, there's a lot of statistics in baseball. And as you know, I really like statistics and numbers and everything. Uh, okay, that's a smart answer. Got it. Okay. And finally, number three. Huh. Would you either get rid of your PhD, of your doctoral, uh, doctoral degree, or stop working in the field of AI and machine learning? Well, I think also an easy one, get rid of the PhD. I, I do not even uh, use this doctor title in my name. I do not have it in my passport or anything. It was really nice to research and do all this stuff on unsupervised learning and it played out really well for my career and everything. But what I now do with AI and machine learning, so much fun, so nice colleagues, everything works out. So for sure, get rid of this PhD. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. You know, you you don't not you don't really need this on your doorbell nameplate or something, right? It's about the experience and the learnings you make during that time. But come on, okay, <laughs> great, great answer. I, I knew this would be would be an easy easy shot for you. Okay, now let's talk about machine learning at Ago for a while, and and also the broader um, insurance industry uh, as a whole. Now, obviously, as you said before, you're not a one man show. Um, right, but you have a team around you. So let, let's start from there. How is the team positioned and what is the strategy of the team? So uh, that's something which convinced me to, to join Ergo, right, is how the team is set up. It's an advanced analytics unit, how we call it, and it has different parts. There's a full data engineering team who do the ETL processes, uh, providing the data and everything. We have a full data science team, very nice people. We have what's really a nice thing, AI engagement managers. That's people who engage between the AI or data science and the business unit as well as the IT. Sometimes a translation is necessary, right? And they are not an own team. They are with us in that case. Also, we have dedicated IT resources. This is quite nice. We have an own 
Virtual Private Cloud Solution, the AI Factory, and uh, dedicated resources just talking to us and developing that for us, which is very nice. So very strong connection to business and IT and coming to the strategy, a clear responsibility and an own budget. So what Ergo says is, look, we spend some money, we invest in that. You have to build something which brings them business value. So the strategy is, we bring some money with us when we're suggesting a new use case, but the use case in the end has to pay off. That's the idea. And everything oh, okay. around advanced analytics, not only AI and machine learning, also traditional analytics is included here. That's, that's super interesting. H how many people um, is it today? We are around 25 people wow. and growing. Wow, 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 that's cool. And uh, you, you know, you, you caught my you caught my attention at the AI engagement managers. That that's an interesting interesting role. Can, can you just spend some sentences on you, you know, you okay, you said what the purpose of the role is, but but how do they how do they interact? Do they proactively look out for um, individuals in the organization? Do they connect or are they getting requests from the how do they operate? Well, it's, it's really meant in a way that do, they do everything, right? It's, uh, as you know, data science teams, data engineering teams are built of math people. And sometimes there need to be a translation between <laughs> what the math people are doing and what the business people are doing. And this is exactly that role. So they spend time in looking around for new use cases, but they also spend time in helping to Uh, solve conflicts, uh, to go for IT, to do all this planning stuff and everything. So the, the role is really kind of a generalist. They have to know what AI and machine learning is, but they do not need to program anything on that side. Also, they have to know what's up there in IT and also in insurance, but they do not have to specialize in any of those. Got it. So they build bridges in, in, in some way, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And how much is the budget? <laughs> <laughs> We are not talking money. <laughs> But you do have, you do, you do have a, a good, so it, it's not five euros or 500 or 5,000. Let, let's say you have at least a considerable budget to, to operate on, right? Exactly. So we have okay. this AI factory, what you look at, which is running. And this is really a, a productive virtual private cloud we are using amazon that's no secret yeah. right we're going yeah. out and talking about that and we are we are paying that on our side in the team and also the resources we bring in so there's enough that we really can it's a strong commitment of ergo yeah. to go with ai and machine learning let it frame it that way Yeah, it sounds like that. 25 people plus growing plus budget plus all the operation costs and stuff. So yeah, this sounds like a considerable um, investment. Okay. And, and talking about the team, how, how do you build such a team? You know, what, how, how long does it take to, you know, find the right, you know, skill profiles? And it's specifically nowadays, how to hire, where to hire, how, you know, what, what are some of the tips and tricks to build teams as you did? So what, what Ergo, in my opinion, really did right is that the mixture of the team, right? It's not yeah. only that we hire AI experts all around the world and sitting them to Nuremberg and Düsseldorf and place them there. There's a good mixture in the team on the age side, on the experience side, also on where they are coming from. We have people which are for more than 20 years are included in Ergo. 
So we looked around in Ergo saying, who is interested in these new topics, AI and machine learning? Come on and join us. You get a training there. You get educated. For sure, there must be some kind of interest in what doing here, but that should be included. And I have not seen that in the other positions I had so far. There were a lot of external hires to try that to at least have half of the team from the inside. Very, very nice idea. Also, good management, right? There is not mm -hmm. an AI guru being the top manager of our unit. There is somebody who is for 22 years or, or even more. I say I do not even know longer than 22 years in Ergo. Right. And he is managing the team as if we are a real ergo unit, nothing special, a real unit, just doing something new. This is very good. And also for sure, we also got people from consulting in also innovative people on that side to have a good mixture. And I think this is the important thing. Another point, always people talking about these AI guys, you need to give them as much freedom as they need in order to have them there. For sure, you need a certain degree of freedom. But it should fit to the organization. And insurance is conservative, right, a little bit. So it also has to fit to the conservative side and to the big company side. Yeah. And that's what I think works in our case. Yeah, okay. So, so you got a lot of that covered. You get breadth, you get depth uh, in skills and capabilities, and you get you know, some, you know, managers who know the organization from the inside out, know about culture, know about how things are done, how decisions are being made. Um, so, so it's in that mix, right, of building an effective, an effective team um, inside, you know, a, a, a traditional, but of course, also a very um, uh, ambitious organization. Okay. 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 So, um, and now, um, now specifically to you, I got to know you as someone who quickly cuts through the noise, right? So as head of machine learning, it is about developing uh, effective and also, you know, real world business cases and, and real world use cases. This needs to be applied. It's an enabler. It's things that you already said before. So how do you and your team approach all of this? How, how do you operate? For, for example, Where do you get your ideas from? How do you decide whether an idea shall be pursued or not? H how do you work? So the advantage at the moment we have is that we really try to work output driven, right? So we are looking where we can make an impact, but we do not need a full firework or anything. At the moment, it's okay for us to just provide impact. And that means we stay very close to information technology, right? Very close to the business units and say, where are the small pain points you have where automation, optimization, everything what makes ML really powerful helps on that side. What sure needs to be followed is always to be very new, uh, very near to new technology developments and everything, but you cannot bring the newest technology into a running system, right? There always has to be an adoption side and we are not taking the very newest AI method and just place it into insurance, right? We look what really fits in there, what can make an input and put it in a development process, right? To have, for sure, insurance is all about the customer, right? Because you need customers, you have the money, they trust in you and everything. So we try to make a little bit more money with the AI, what we have, as we cost. That's what we start. And it works out good at that point. Very good, I have to say, at that point in time. <laughs> 
Okay, that that's great to hear. So, do you, do you really, you know, write up business cases how to do that? Like, okay, this is maybe the savings. This is maybe the the um, you know cost advantage, um, or this is maybe even an assumption of um, additional revenue. Do, do you kind of go at that depth, or um, are you are you operating in a different different uh, mode? Exactly. That that's what I meant when I say uh, AI should be also used in how the company is working, yeah. right? Yeah. We do yeah. all business cases, so that means AI is no exceptions. I know that in a startup or in the new these labs, I, I worked in labs before, right? In Volkswagen and also yeah. in Munich Reside. There, you do not look at the business cases; you look at the full potential. In Ergo, exactly. We look for sure. We also have some kind of things in mind what we do in five to ten years. But for the real thing where we are investing in, we look into business cases and do it as is as a normal project, as we have done that in the financial industry when I was there. Normal business case AI is just an enabler to get hopefully more money out of that or more potential out of that. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, and are, are you doing this all? you know, exclusively in-house or are you also open to collaborate externally as well? Well, there's so much stuff to do in-house at the moment that we completely focus on in-house at that yeah. point in time, for sure. Always when you have something successful, a good manager has to ask, could we not externalize that and build something on that? 25 people sounds many. It's not enough to even cover what's already inside. So yeah. for sure, the focus is completely on the inside at the moment. But if there's something on the outside, I will not uh, get away from that. Uh, let's see what, what the future brings. Okay. Okay, fine. Now, um, um, you know, um, since AI still is considered to be Maybe and maybe an emerging technology that's on you already at a certain point of adoption for sure. But you know, when you when you what do you need to consider when introducing AI to an organization? Uh, do, do you consider this to be as a change process? Um, I, I guess there is a lot of communication involved. So you know, how, how do you address maybe concerns or even fears like? Oh, they're taking away my job or, oh, they, you know, want to replace me totally. How, what, what's your experience at Ergo with that? Well, as you said, what you need to take away is the fear. It, yeah. I always wonder how people still fear stuff. Also, it's all around them. As we said, you already have it in your pocket. So why should you fear something which you put into your pocket? But this is clearly what you have to do when introducing that to the organization. And it does not help if you have a lab structure and just doing AI with some weird guys in hoodies some, sitting somewhere. You really have to go to the IT to the business units and tell them, look, we are working as you are. We are just using a different tool. That's what we are doing. And what you, for sure, you need a change, right? It's not that you do not need to change or the culture needs to change and everything. But most of this change is already done because of other things. There's great innovation done on all this stuff. There's this digitization. You need digital processes and everything. AI only comes on top. Sometimes people say, Well, we need AI first. No, we need digitization first. And this is the cultural change. And for sure, this needs to be started. We have a very good uh, chief digital officer coming from T-Mobile to us for five or six years ago. He started with digital and not with AI. And this is really what what is good for us now because we have it. And for sure, 
in a, on the eye side, you need to do all this training. You need to train the people. You need to educate the people. You need to make them understand that AI is something everybody can understand because all of us did our own learning, right? We have intelligence. It, but this time, it's just not uh, the guy sitting next to you. It's uh, artificial intelligence. So if I understand you correctly, you position this as an established practice. Is that fair to say? That's, that's yeah. a very nice summary. Exactly. We yeah. say it's Brilliant. a tool. It's already there and it yeah. works now. Sometimes we have to prove it, still to prove it. We have also, there are so many proofs out there that there is a value in this new tool, AI and machine learning. You still have to prove it on the use case. And if we have to do so, we try to do so and convince the people. Oh, that's brilliant. That, 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 that's a great learning. All right. Um, can, can we maybe get to some examples? How can, you know, AI and machine learning support, uh, for example, customer loyalty and business growth? Can you talk about one, two, three examples? Yes, for sure. Uh, but first of all, as said before, AI alone is not enough, right? It's not that you put AI on something and then you get more customer loyalty or more business growth. It always has to come with a digitized process or a new tool. An app, for example, that's and the AI is inside that app or helps the digital process. One and the best example at the moment where it really works is uh, the response time, right? So mm -hmm. a customer, when he talks to an insurance, normally he writes a letter or anything, then awaits a lot of days and then gets it back on anything. And this is something where AI can really help, right? You can route the email way faster when just scanning it and saying, this is the right person to answer that email. Do that. If you only, uh, if you pre-formulate the email and say, look, this could be the best thing for the customer so that the human goes over, tell, ah, this is good and sends it out, makes everything much faster. Right. Another thing is to make the communication outside the office hours. The people do not have to mm -hmm. wait to call your insurance. They can call you anytime and they are chatbots who can take normal smaller jobs this is where also ai is involved so generally saying ai makes customer contact faster this is the main use case i would say at the moment and also for sure cost effective and more individualized people always think machine learning makes everybody the same in our case in our case no we now can really look into every single differentiation between people Okay, and then did, what, what, what would you say? Do you have more internal or more customer-related use cases? What, what's kind of the distribution? Well, th the thing is that in, in, in an insurance company, how the insurance value chain is constructed, you do not have so much internal stuff which is not related to the customer. Yeah. When we are doing internal processing with the customer, it's always, uh, it's always with the customer. Right. So in marketing, you market the product in sales, you sell the product to the customer in underwriting, you make the price for the customer in claims, you make the process for the customer. That's why, um, for sure, I have to say mostly internal, right? Okay. Uh, when we turn to the future, um, and maybe also look at the insurance industry as a whole, but of course also at Ago. Um, how do you imagine the future is going to look like? For, for which business cases could AI and, and machine learning potentially be used later on? Um, and what maybe does it take to make that possible? Mm -hmm. So 
basically at the moment we do optimization, right? So we optimize the processes, we get nearer to the customer, we have additional features, chatbots, apps, where the automatically things are transferred and everything, this is cool. Uh, what, what we need in the future is more digitization. Once we have more digital processes, then there is really no border for, for machine learning and AI in an insurance company, right? There is so much stuff with together with robotics and everything you can do. On the marketing side, you can do, well, everybody heard about AI in marketing, right? Uh, with, with Cambridge Analytics, we do not want to talk about that, but there's a lot of yeah. stuff going on there on, on the marketing side, what you could do, but also on the underwriting side, making more uh, easy judgment of the risk, making it fairer. At the moment, everybody is afraid of, ooh, the algorithm might, may be biased or anything, but who tells you that not the people who are building the algorithms at the moment are biased, right? We yeah. try to avoid that as much as possible, but you cannot uh, really put into that. An AI can because you tell him, please try to get that without bias and everything. And so there will be much fairer, there will be on the claims process, right? People, if you have a claim, look at this flood catastrophe in Germany when you call your insurance and nobody can answer the phone because there are not that many people working in the insurance side, right? Uh, too much claim. That could be in the future with AI and machine learning. You get on-time answers and everything so that this is really good. But getting to that, we First, need to do all this digitization homework, what we need to do, and optimize the machine learning and AI processes. For sure. Okay. Yeah. For sure, all of this stuff has to come in line with uh, GDPR processes and everything. And uh, to be fair, I really like that we have such a strong GDPR rule because then I know exactly what I'm allowed to do. That helps us, right? People always say, oh, it hinders us to do all this stuff and everything. At the end, it helps us because you know what you're allowed to do. And this is quite nice. Yeah, so it gives guidance and it gives some framework to operate in, right? So that doesn't necessarily have to be a good, uh, a bad thing. Uh, totally agree. Well, that's super, super helpful. And thanks for guiding us through the noise of machine learning and artificial intelligence and uh, for giving us some real life practical use cases. Now, um, let, let's talk about the, the, the entire market. How do you think the market for artificial intelligence itself will develop by, let's say, 2030? Well, I hope that there will be a consolidation of what's happening now. So until 2030, there will be a lot of startups coming up, new companies, our companies will develop tools on AI as we just discussed before, right? If we solve something good, for sure, top managers, well, can we sell that outside, right? So the market is so big, so much stuff, and it's really hard to keep up with new technologies, new services, new tools, all the hyperscalers, Microsoft, mm -hmm. Amazon, they all offer new AI solutions. So I hope for a consolidation of the market, and I'm quite sure that it will happen. There will be more proofs on what is really working and what is not working, right? So uh, you can hopefully easier choose, ah, this is working and this is working for my problem. And this is good. Another thing is we do not educate enough people on the AI side. So this 
war of talent, which we have in, in nearly every business at the moment on the AI side will become really, really hard because the universities are not completely ready for that. And there's so much stuff around data, not only AI, but what you need for AI, data engineering, uh, data ingestion, uh, all the AI engagement managers, right? Who have mm -hmm. to be trained and educated. And, and that will be our biggest problem in 2030 of the AI side that you do not have enough people who know what to do. Yeah, yeah. And the war of talent already begun, right? And if you just project this into maybe, I don't know, five or 10 years in the future, well, let's see where you, got, where you can get all the people from. That's going to be an interesting, an interesting one, right? Uh, and what is next for machine learning at Argo? So, you know, what, what are some of the, or what are the next high priority topics on your radar? Well, you know that, uh, Insurance always has uh, taken into account optimization and also automatization. So uh, for sure, if you send something to the insurance, it was already automated processed 15 years ago. So that means in order to do that with AI, you even have to be better than the systems who were optimized now for 15 years. So there's a lot of things to do and we are very busy with doing that. And since we talked about the war of talents before, we need mm -hmm. to educate our people. We need to start the education as early as possible. There are a lot of math people working in insurance because of the nature of things. They all are capable of doing AI programming in the future and everything. So we start now, educate them, train them. And you need to keep up with the development, right? Market disruption for sure also will hit Uh, some of the older companies like insurances are, which are there for 100, 150, uh, 200 years, right? So you have to keep up with yeah. the new developments, data, software, hardware. That's the highest priorities for us at the moment. So a lot of things to do. Got it. All right. So we, we looked into the future. Now let's look back just for a second and let, let's look back on your professional career. Uh, so, Sebastian, what would you say was your greatest innovation rockstar moment so far? Well, on the innovation side, right, I have to go back to my uh, uh, second to last employee, the Munich Re, so the mother company of Ergo, where I had the opportunity to work with a very innovative team doing uh, Internet of Things. And what they mm -hmm. were able to do is to do a paper part product. I don't know if you heard about that, but uh, together with Relayer, which is an IoT company of mm -hmm. Minigree, and also Trumpf, the laser cutting company, and Heidelberger, printing company, uh, we were able to develop a product where industry is only paying for the output and not for the machine anymore. This was done using data, digitization, financial knowledge, insurance knowledge, and for sure some AI and machine learning. And this is really an innovation. And there I really feel as I felt as somebody who can innovate something. And really get some impact and output out of it, right? So that sounds like a true rock star moment. Sebastian, thanks a lot. And with this rock star moment, we wrap up this episode. Uh, Sebastian, it was a pleasure to listen to you. Thanks again for joining. I really enjoyed this. Also, thank you. It was also a pleasure for me. All right. 
And to everybody listening or watching, if you like the show, then leave us a rating or a review and share the podcast with friends, with colleagues, with whomever. Uh, if you want to get in touch, simply shoot us a message at info at innovationrockstars.show. Now, that's it. Thanks for your time. See you in the next episode. Take care and bye-bye. This was innovation rock star Dr. Sebastian Kaiser from Ergo about opportunities and development of AI and machine learning in the insurance industry. If you want to dive deeper into the topic or if you'd simply like to give us feedback on this episode, feel free to email us at info@innovationrockstars.show. For more inspiring innovation stories, visit our website at www.innovationrockstars.show or browse through our Innovation Rockstars channel on all major podcast platforms. And while you're here, please leave us a rating for our show.